Welcome to the Slumber Party Pod. I'm Lizzie, a high schooler anxiously awaiting their cast list. I'm Hannah, a dance break including a jazz square. And I'm Maddie, a simp for Taylor McKessie. And this week we are kicking off our new year with a high school musical extravaganza. We are bringing you three friends of the pod, one of whom has just introduced herself. Our new friend of the pod, Maddie Casey. Insert applause here. Then we're going to hear from veteran friend of the pod, Amber. And finally, veteran Number friend- Number one enemy of the pod. <laughs> Number one enemy of the pod, Samuel, is going to round out the end there. Hello, hello. Here is our favorite podcast insert, a note from Editing Lizzie. So unfortunately, upon going through and editing all of the audio for this episode, the audio for Enemy of the Pod Sam's section got so screwed up. Just practically unsalvageable. So here's what we're going to do. For the duration of this episode, you're going to hear from our wonderful friends of the pod, Maddie and Amber. And then we are going to mess around with some different editing options. And we're going to bring you a very special little mini-sode of myself, Hannah, and enemy of the pod, Sam, in the very near future. So that conversation will not be lost. It's just a little bit delayed. So, there you go. The show must go on. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Um, what I thought we could do is we need to do a one-minute summary mm-hmm. of High School Musical. Hannah, mm-hmm. I don't know whose turn it is. I think technically it's mine. Oh, but we oh guys, I wrote a summary. <gasps> I was going to say, we like to throw the guest under the bus, and if you're volunteering. Oh, no, I've listened to the other apps, of course. So okay. I came prepared. <laughs> okay. Do you want us to time you? Or you said you prepared something. You wrote something. You can time me because it might. I don't know what the length is, to be honest with you. you know I came prepared, but not that prepared. You know what? I, I just didn't rehearse it. I'm just yeah. going to... No. All right. Let me let me pull up the little... I almost said the clock app, but that's what people call TikTok. So... Oh, yeah, they is do. It? They call yeah, it this call horrid it. clock app. Like yeah, they call so Twitter like, the bird app? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Am I old? Maybe. Yeah, right. they call I was the, the target audience of High School Musical, so... Yes. Yes. All right. Are you prepared? Uh-huh, I'm ready. All right, I'm going to count you in, okay? Three, two, oh, hold on. Three, two, one, go. On New Year's Eve, teens from different zip codes, basketball star Troy and nerdy flop Gabriella, meet at the whitest ski lodge party ever hosted, which is every ski lodge New Year's Eve teen party, and fall in love through the power of karaoke. Magically, the next semester, the two are both attending Albuquerque's East High and reconnect via cutting-edge technology. That's right. Flip phones, baby. 
Gabriella and Tia's and Troy went to audition for the spring musicale now that they've suddenly realized that they can sing. However, bum bum bum, there's conflict that they have to overcome because of social pressure, casual misogyny, self-centered theater kids who are walking stereotypes, and basketball choreography. Luckily, once they prove that they are what they've been looking for, aka in love with each other, their friends encourage them to follow all their dreams and help them balance the big game decathlon competition and callbacks for the big spring musicale, which for whatever reason already has fully completed sets by callback time, despite having no apparent set crew outside of the reluctant detention attendees. That was the best summer Evie I ever had. Thank you. (laughs) Which has Um, no, which has a full set by callbacks, despite the show seemingly also having no plot. No plot. I, we can get to that. All right, so for those wondering, um, one, why did we ask these three specific people to come on the podcast? And the reason is simple. All three of these people are uniquely, u- uniquely, <laughs> uniquely qualified to discuss the contents of High School Musical because all of them have been involved in their very own high school musicals. Why is Maddie Casey specifically been asked? <laughs> her and I share a very fun story regarding the stage adaptation of High School Musical, which we drove three hours to go see in her hometown one weekend while we were at school. And let me tell you, it was a production. Oh, yeah. You guys had confetti cannons. There were cheerleaders yeah. involved. Your brother learned how to dribble a basketball. Oh my god. This is very um, Fun fact for you, Elizabeth. That video, the video of that performance is on YouTube. So for all of you listeners, you too can see it. my brother's armpit hair on the internet. We will be putting a clip of that on the Instagram. And even if we don't, it needs to be in a group chat so Hannah can see it. Don't you worry. Oh, yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about High School Musical. That's why we're all here. Hannah, Mm -hmm. what were your High School Musical-related prompts for Maddie? Oh, well, my Maddie-related prompt was tell me about the musical. And then I can talk about the times I've seen High School Musical, the musical. Oh, on stage. Okay. Yes, the stage production. Mm. Yeah, I well, like many of the, you know, the productions spawned by High School Musical, um, this particular one involved basketballs, um, interesting singing choices, a lot of white and red, um, and also theater kids trying their best, but ultimately failing to not be huge nerds. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was fun. Um, I was overwhelmed by the entire production, I have to say. Also, my brother was Chad, for the record, which was interesting. Um, and I think fitting. The facial... (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. No, he did not. But also, yeah. Oh, God. Um, the facial expressions were out there. I will say that. Yes. If you want to, if you ever happen to stumble upon that YouTube video, I um, plan on 
yeah, I don't know. There was a lot of overacting too. No offense to anybody who is involved in the production, but it's high school theater. Your so. high school production seemed to be very involved. Like you had a really involved and like I don't I don't know if I necessarily want to say high value, but like there was a lot more production at your theater department than there was, like, at my school's theater department. And I have a feeling you and Hannah may have had similar high school theater production kind of on that level. Because, like, we did all right. And we were scrappy about it. But... I would say that my high school was actually very similar to East High. In that sports had a gigantic budget, but it was also a big public high school in what was clearly a fairly wealthy town. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, you know, they still had a significant arts budget and that went into the sets. Because if you look at the sets in the actual film, High School Musical, holy, oh my God, what is Miss Darbus complaining about exactly? Right. Like, what is her big ish? Like, clearly you have the budget. You have a you piano. Big moon. You know how many high schools don't have a piano? Yeah. And that giant yeah. moon. And like my confusion too is like, okay, so at my high school, that was what I included in my intro because I swear to God, that really just like, who, how? I understand now why she was so like adamant about detention because that was what she was doing to get the free labor. Yeah. Like not even yeah. extra credit apparently. Mm-hmm. Just like. That is. Like. Just getting you kids in there in homeroom. Yeah, get kids in there and hope that they fall in love with it and then audition, which happened. Yeah, yeah, that is that's true. Something that could have never happened at my high school because parents would have complained about it. They'd have been like, mm-hmm. "Um, you can't have kids doing labor for detention. You can't well, cause yeah. them. You can't force them to do manual labor." As a source of detention. Or if you do, you my, have to count it as volunteer hours. That's what My school been. district, this is new, like this year, I think. But I've heard through the grapevine that my school district now lo- no longer even does suspension. Like, even if you, like, bring liquor to school, the worst punishment you can get is, like, an in-school suspension. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently but, uh, in the world of high school musical, you're parent can work at the school and not even realize that you're doing an extracurricular activity there yeah it's like doesn't he drive you to school probably oh yeah fully that we chatted to a little bit with amber earlier and i thought like one of the more realistic aspects of this through the lens of like actual high school extracurricular world is the idea that like you have to pick one big extracurricular and you cannot do more than one. Like my parents talked about this a lot when we moved here because the high school that I went to was the high school that they went to. And they were like, yeah, when we went there, like you could totally like do a sport and do theater or like do a sport and do chorus or something like that. But you absolutely cannot do that now. And it's because we were also talking to Sam about this, like, theater, you have, like, a 10 to 10 day. 
like, or you're there during tech week until, you know, 1130 at night, mm-hmm. 1230 at night, whatever. You, you can't yeah, later yeah. on top of that. Mm-hmm. So was that how your high school was also, Maddie? Oh, yeah, fully. Absolutely. Like, you had to choose one or the other. Yeah, And, any and I normally choose shows. And any other extracurricular that you wanted to do had to be in, like, a 45-minute meeting. Like, at lunch. Like, at yeah. lunch, right after school ended, or before school. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're very queer. Okay. So okay. strap in, folks. <laughs> um, I would just like to say, this film came out in 2006, which I think is important. Yeah. Because I think that if High School Musical was set in the real world, Troy's dad would have been openly homophobic. And I think that that is a really important point to this story, because mm-hmm. I feel like High School Musical is like the film equivalent of a queer character who's written for straight audiences. Yeah. Yeah. I had not that makes sense. All the implications of like that being the reason the dad is like against it, it skirts around it, but only just. Like you would only yeah. have to add in like two lines well, for yeah, that to line. be the actual subplot there. Yeah, oh, yeah. And that's about it. Yeah, I feel like I've seen probably tweets or something somewhere that like, you know, it's kind of like in, in not an analogy, like but like for like bisexuality, or you know that Troy is you know into both and yeah, and I was gonna say his dad could just use one, you know, horrible nickname and it would it would be that. Yep. Yeah. Um. I wrote in my notes to myself that it's a story about conformity and standing out that centers a straight white boy with terrible hair and praises him for entering a traditionally queer space and taking over. Yep. Oh my god. He steals the lead male role from Ryan Evans, an almost canonically queer character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was I was doing some a little bit of research. Yes. Because um, I was curious about that. Yeah. And about Lucas... Grabeel's pronunciation um sexuality um and I Mm -hmm. stumbled across this video of him in which he's talking and he's like yeah if it was filmed nowadays I wouldn't have been the role of Ryan like I wouldn't have played the role of Ryan yeah because like Ryan is basically like a very stereotypical male gay character Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. without like confirming his sexuality even though Kenny Ortega has apparently gone on record saying that he was gay, but like, but then yeah, they also like kind they of totally use Kelsey be- as his beard. Yeah. Yeah. They still like, you know, he has the, I don't dance scene and, and the outfit change. I and there was, a, there was a, there was a cut scene where like at graduation where he and Zeke kiss, but they still set him up to go to the prom with Kelsey. Deep sigh. Also, they really did my girl Kelsey dirty. Mm, you mean yeah. just plot-wise or costume-wise? Because I agree with both. <laughs> both, but especially, I don't know if anybody else has ever noticed this, but in all, we're all in this together. When they do like a she's all that reveal 
of Kelsey and they're like take off this dumb hat yeah like now you dress like Gabriella yeah and all of a sudden she's in a tank top yeah yeah they like sure pay her yeah like don't get me wrong losing the hat was a good idea however (laughs) we couldn't have been a little more creative there yeah true Kelsey has also like the characterization of Kristen Stewart in Twilight in that she's clumsy and has brown hair yeah and that's it and that's it (laughs) although she's actually talented unlike Bella hey you know what I'm gonna leave that in and you know what's gonna happen we're gonna hey. get, we're gonna get a voicemail from Ian. All Ian wants to do is review the Twilight movies. Twilight. I'm like, <laughs> don't you understand the premise of the podcast? He's like, uh, spin off. <laughs> um, what care? So, which High School Musical character, if there is one, do you resonate with as yourself as a high school student? Like, which character do you identify the most with, com- compared to your high school self or your current self, if you want? Ooh. Um, to be honest with you guys, I didn't really see myself on screen because High School Musical omits all of the stage crew and the costuming crew. Yep. Yes. Rude. Um, but I guess probably Ms. Darbus, unfortunately. Like confusing a basketball for a hockey puck level of stupidity. Oh my god, I did catch that joke. I'd never noticed it before. Um that's so yeah. funny. I guess Kelsey, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. I was going to say, she is kind mm-hmm. of the most akin to, like, a part of the crew. Like, she wrote right. the show. She's certainly the more the most competent member of that, that squad there. So Yeah. I would say, you know, nerdy and not really ready to embrace her sexuality in high school. Hopefully she figured it all out at Juilliard. Yeah, fully. Well, Probably. Really got thrown into the deep end there. Hannah, my co-host, I'm going to pose you to you the question that we've asked all of our guests. Yes. Which high school musical character do you think is the closest to how you were in high school? Um, I think... For at least, probably in high school, I was more of a tailor, mm-hmm. like, kind of elitist, and thought I was smarter than everyone. Um, but then I think now, maybe later in high school, and then now I'm more of a Ryan, like, just kind of doing my jazz squares in the background. <laughs> sure, as you do. Yeah. What about you, Lizzie? Do you have do you have thoughts about who um, you would be? I I think Taylor's a good probably the closest answer we're gonna get for me. Oh, excuse me. Is Taylor. Um but but yeah, like Maddie said, a lot of the additional members of like your average high school theater group weren't very well represented because there was no one who was like kind of normal but like also very committed to what they were doing so um I think that it's problematic that Zeke's struggles with finding acceptance with baking 
and Martha's struggles with finding acceptance for doing hip hop are treated as equivalent. Yep. Because I think that High School Musical shied away, really, from discussing the real things that hold high schoolers back from fully embracing who they are and not going towards conformity, Mm -hmm. which are, you know, socioeconomic stratification, racism, misogyny, homophobia, and a combination thereof. Because let's be real here. No high schooler would be like, you shouldn't be baking because you're an athlete. They'd be like, it's weird that you like to bake because you're a dude. That's where, that's how high school works, re people being judged for their interests. Mm -hmm. It's not you shouldn't like this because you like something else. It's you yeah, shouldn't be like this because, because of your of race, your gender, your your, identity. Yeah. Yes. Also, Martha should not be doing hip hop. <laughs> there, I said it. I think that's just a. Skill. She's not good at it. Yeah. <laughs> just for skill reasons. Just oh, for I love starters. Her. I love her. The issue she's is in- not that she's also a cello player. The issue, or it's the issue, is not that she's also. It's not that she's a nerd. <laughs> that she's very bad at it <laughs> i i don't know if you all have seen the spinoff reboot high school musical the musical the series i watched the first season of it like a year and a half ago when it came out um and she has a cameo in it and she a, a, a handful of high school musical actors have a cameo in it she is one of them and she does kind of do the little move the pop and lock and jam and break wow Amazing. She plays well, like a school board member. Thank you so much for that excellent segue with popping, locking, jamming, and breaking. My final question to the both of you. Okay. Hannah, I think we've already talked about this. Mm-hmm. Maddie, what is your favorite song from High School Musical? Oh, ooh, that's such a good question. Um... Okay, this is going to sound dumb, but it's the one whose name I can't remember. What is the name of it? Oh, God. Give us I, the okay. It. okay. Okay, okay. Um, obviously, I really enjoy Get Your Head in the Game. But it gets, like, points dinged for me because, you know, like, give Drew Seeley his props. And <laughs> also, like, you know, then it also spawned so much basketball choreography across the nation. And I think that was unnecessary and hurtful. Um, have you guys heard, I hate to interrupt Maddie, have you guys heard the remix of Get Your Head in the Game and Uptown Funk? No. Because that's yes. a masterpiece. Rewatching this, you guys, the amount of lip syncing and how terrible the lip syncing was was astounding. There's even parts where it's obviously not. Um, Vanessa Hudgens singing like in when there was yeah. me and you there's parts when it's obviously another singer like which is so funny phrase. because oh yeah that's the only person 
whose actual name is on the album, Vanessa yeah. Hudgens. The fact that when I was a child, I was fully convinced they were singing it, like, during the filming. Yeah. How dumb. Like, like, like Les Mis from 2012 or whatever it was. Yeah. Hey, that is a masterpiece. And I don't know if you've seen that TikTok going around saying, if Hugh Jackman's wearing a top hat in it, it's a great movie. And it's a compilation of all the times he's worn a top hat in various movies. And you know what? I'm inclined to agree. That lines up with my level of um, knowledge of film critique. I just remember at the Tony Awards that year in 2012, it was hosted by Neil Patrick Harris. Yep. It was his, or 2013. It was his second time hosting the Tonys, of course. Mm -hmm. And part of his big Broadway spectacular song was like a monologue and it like zoomed in and he was like, in Broadway, we don't need extreme close-ups to prove that we're singing live, which was a dig at the Les Mis. Because the whole thing was, they're singing live! And he was like, we do it eight shows a week. Yep. Um, okay. Most accurately, I think that my favorite song is We're All In This Together because I like the leftist themes. We're different in our own way. Beautiful. But we're still in it together. I like that um, as well because I like, I actually like that whole scene because it's actually pretty well done. It's mostly in one long shot. Yeah. Like there's very few cuts and we talked about this in another section so you all, the listeners will hear it later. Um, But there's some really good choreography even when it's not dance just in terms of like uh, the scene direction. And that's a really good example of it because it's one like kind of really long shot and it's a lot of people interweaving and having different conversations and the camera never stops. I really like that. I think it's impressive. And then it ends, of course, with like, it's a kind of an anticlimactic ending because it's like we said, Kelsey, like in her tank top, take off the hat. A boy helps her shoot the basketball. And it's like, don't do our girl crazy dirty like that. Yeah. Just because you play the piano doesn't mean you can't also shoot a basketball. Can I just say before you do your outros that this is going to be really random, Mm -hmm. but the part in the movie where Gabriella and Taylor are talking Mm -hmm. and they're like, my nail beds are history. And then they go, sisters, is stamped permanently in my brain. And I've referenced it at different parts in my life and nobody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, that whole scene where she, like, they, like, talk to the cheerleaders and make fun of them, and they're, like, they can only talk about their nail beds. Yeah, I'm not, like, other girls' energy to the max. I'm not, like, other girls. My nails aren't even painted right now. It's, like, no, I'm exactly like other girls, because other girls are cool. Yeah. The casual misogyny was off the charts. Yes. Blaming Gabriella for Troy's lack of success. Rude. Rude and uncalled for. Yeah. Oh my god. And this kind of related, kind of not, but kind of relating to what we were talking about earlier about basically the whole theme of the movie is like people can do other things. Like people, you know, don't just have one niche. There's the part where she like is at Troy's like practice and she shoots a hoop or she makes a bucket. I don't know. (laughs) I almost said baseball things. Basketball things. Um, 
and he, Troy's like, oh my god, you're really good. And she says, yeah, you know, I won the championship league one time. And he goes, oh my god, really? And she goes, yeah, the same day that I invented microwave popcorn in the space shuttle. Like, no, you idiot. Like, I didn't win the championship league. And I'm like, why not? Why couldn't we make that part of Gabriella's thing? That she's also played basketball at her old school or like on a record. Okay, well, thank you so much, Maddie Casey, for being our first guest for our High School Musical Extravaganza. Um, And next up is our conversation with friend of the pod, Amber, veteran friend of the pod. Um, And yeah, we're so excited to have Maddie on as a guest in the future again, I hope. I'm Amber, a not-like-other-girls reading a book at a New Year's party. Oh my god, she does do that in the movie! <laughs> I was so deeply offended when I saw it. It cracked me up. I was like, this girl did not, she did not, she is sitting there reading a book while every, ugh, oh, it gets yeah, on my nerves. I was like, I remember thinking that, I was like, if she really wanted to read the book, why didn't she just, like, sneak back into her hotel room after her parents left? And you know what? Nope. Here's and be like, I didn't feel good. You know, you know what the twenty twenty two equivalent of that is? It's the Kindle app on your phone. <laughs> yes. Well, it's the, Kindle. the Kindle app on your phone. You just look like you're on your phone, like every other girl. If you really want to be unique, you have to bring a hardcover, um, so everyone knows that you're reading. Yeah, and you have a hardcover of like Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino, and you're like, look how smart and well read <laughs> I am. Yep. Wow. Look at everyone. I'm on the subway yep. and I'm I'm reading this. Look how smart. Come up with some segment ideas for some of our guests that we didn't have pre-planned things. You guys can shoot them down if you want. Um, yeah, I guess we talked about how there's not going to be thoughts from an actual child, but Amber has maybe thoughts from a 50-something-year-old man. That could be a fun way to start before we get into an activity. I would love to know what that is about amber uh yeah sure there were really only my you know my dad popped in and out he didn't watch the whole movie and sit down with me um and i don't know that he's ever seen he claims he's never seen the whole thing all the way through but with two daughters i really don't think that's true and i know for a fact that he watched when disney channel did the bad lip reading version of High School Musical. I don't know if you guys were there for that, but they actually did like show it on TV, the bad lip reading version, and he was definitely there for that. Um, but the two the two moments that he definitely had thoughts on was he genuinely laughed out loud when they were doing the auditions at the beginning. So different people are coming up, they're all singing poorly so that Sharpay and Ryan can knock it all out of the park. Um, and there's this group that does like interpretive dance and then the director lady goes, that was awful. Go see a counselor. You need professional help or something like that. And he genuinely laughed out loud. He thought that was hilarious. <laughs> um, and then the other moment was at the end, he talked a lot about his own sports career and that Zac Efron should have been sweatier for most of the time. We were like, he only played the first quarter. Like, he was running through the halls. The drama kids probably cleaned him up. And he's like, no way. Like, he would be way sweatier. Like, I I was super sweaty after my football. And I'm like, like it, it was a little too much information. But Zac Efron should have been sweatier. And at the end, he changes from his jersey into, like, his little, like, tank top with the jacket over. And that was, like, a goof that we could not forgive. It was wildly inaccurate. 
Zekra. Oh, Zekra. in that like finale scene where it's like all supposed to look like one take, but clearly there's a couple of cuts. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Oh, okay. There are a lot of problems there. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I, you know what? I fully support both of those thoughts from an actual dad. That's yeah, thoughts from an actual crazy. dad. Oh, I love our new segment. <laughs> hey, new year, new segment. I love it. Um, so I have a couple of fun things for us planned. Yes. Um, some high school musical themed uh, activities, and also, um, here's the problem: is that the the platform we used to record, which is called ZenCaster, does not have a screen recording feature yet. They said it's in beta testing. So I'm just I'm going to start by holding up my iPad. For you two, first of all, I've chosen this specifically for you two. I remembered today that junior year of college, for an actual class assignment, I did a presentation called The Best Disney Franchise Ever Made. <laughs> and then Disney's crossed out, and it just says franchise. <laughs> just so you know, I got an A in this class. <laughs> that's was an England school there. So I, I figured guess- I'd do a quick presentation before we do something else fun. <laughs> um so basically the professor was like, you know what? Um just do a presentation about your favorite piece of media. And I was 20, so I said, okay, high school musical. Um so I went into a little bit about, I don't know, oh, some objective history, as we are wont to do on this pod. Um, You guys, I don't know if you can see it. I talk about how it was directed and choreographed by Kenny Ortega, because we love love him. Um, I have some other things that he choreographed, but we've talked about that. The first movie, this one that we're talking about today, premiered on January 20th, 2006, with an initial viewership of 7.7 million which is a lot. That's a Although lot. not as much as the second movie, which premiered in 2007 with a viewership of 17.2 million, the most commercially successful Disney Channel original movie ever produced. Okay, can I ask a question while we're on the topic of the second movie premiere? Yes. yes. So, as I'm sure the three of us know, this premiered the same night as the Jonas Brothers Burning Up musical premiere. It premiered the same night as so many things. And I know this because I believe that premiered either in the middle of the movie or like directly before. And Mm -hmm. I was so distracted by Nick Jonas and Selena Gomez in that music video that I had no recollection of what the first 20 minutes of this movie was or of what the second movie was (laughs) and had to remind myself of all of that when I rewatched it. I can relate. Because it was the same night as so many things. One, I must have watched the premiere that night as well. Because I Mm -hmm. remember thinking that the music video was a trailer for another decom. Yeah. In which, like, Nick Jonas was a spy and Selena Gomez was in it. And then I was disappointed it wasn't real. I wish. (laughs) Um, And then right right after High School Musical was the first episode of Phineas and Ferb. It was, like, ten minutes. It was, like, the the teaser. And then it went straight into, I believe, the finale of Hannah Montana? Or something else huge. That's a big night. 
Yeah. Yeah, there was another huge Disney Channel TV show premiere that night that it's like one of the highest viewed TV shows of all time because it was right after this movie. My That's biggest crazy. memory of of High School Musical 2 is the fact that on disneychannel.com you could vote for which Disney Channel celebrity would make a cameo at the end yes. scene when they're dancing. And that's why Miley Cyrus is there. I can't remember who I voted for. Uh, I don't think it was Miley Cyrus, but when I saw her, I was like, oh yeah, we did that. That's yeah. That's so funny. All right, I'm sorry, um, I didn't want to interrupt your No, it's okay. So the next slide is about um, the outline and themes. Sure. Because this was an academic work. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a block of text but basically i came up with some bs themes like being pushed outside your comfort zone may be uncomfortable but ultimately aids in self-discovery which i could learn from these days Hmm. also it is i can't read upside down (laughs) people are nuanced and it's natural and okay to have multiple interests and or friend circles i'll remind you that this got an a I like that you touched on being pushed outside your comfort zone because I feel like in my memory I remembered it as more of like a oh be true to who you are and like you know during get your head in the game I'm I I pictured it as oh he's conflicted because he doesn't know whether he wants to play basketball or sing but really at that stage in the game it's not he really just wants to hang out with this girl that he thinks is cute that he met once like it's not really so much of a struggle between like oh these are the two passions that I have it's really just more like hey I was put into an uncomfortable situation but honestly I liked it more than I thought that I would and it kind of showed me something new about myself yeah Yeah. that's how if Amber had done this it would have been better I figured I would show this now to this guest because you two are the like two of the most academic people I know (laughs) that's it so So, Hannah will you share this presentation with on the Instagram oh yeah so we can put on the Instagram Mm-hmm, 100%. Amazing. Um, continuing on, I have a great quote that puts everything into perspective. <laughs> oh, and I took oh, this no. from an article. I took this from an article, and it says, are we allowed to swear on this podcast? I forget. Yeah. Yes, we do. It says, um, I don't remember, this is from Vice. How could a made-for-TV musical aimed at children manage to not only appeal to its core audience of tween-aged girls whose sexuality can be formed by Zac Efron, but also receive decent reviews and long-lasting success? Simple. It really effing bangs. High School Musical (laughs) 2 is better than the other films in the franchise because it has the holy trinity of comedy, heart-hitting themes. I don't know why I'm reading this. I didn't realize this quote was only about High School Musical 2. (laughs) And we're talking about the first movie today. All right. Um... We're gonna ignore but that. I will note. I will note that in an asterisk at the bottom of the page, I wrote this article is under the assumption that the second movie is the best of the franchise. While any true film connoisseur will know that the third and final movie is actually the best. However, the sentiments above are still true regarding the entire franchise. So I have to um, be honest. I was thinking about this. I don't know if I ever watched the third High School Musical. It's my favorite one. I well, saw it in well, theaters with my Girl Scout troop. You're going to need to watch it soon, just saying. So we'll yeah. get there when we get there. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not a decom. It came out in theaters. We might have to pull some strings. Some of our fans, and by fans, I mean my sister, are having protests <laughs> in our DMs about expanding our horizons. All your sister wanted so to do is review Sky High. 
That is all she wants. Also, just because you did ask, and I know I know we're a little adverse to doing a lot of research on this pod, um, but the Apple Podcast app does define your podcast as clean. So I don't know what goes into getting the rating of clean, but you know, keep that in mind. Or change it on Apple Pod, whatever. Yeah. We'll look into it. Um and then the final slide of my presentation was titled Living in a Post High School Musical Society. And I talk about how Disney Channel has continuously tried to recreate the success of High School Musical since its release, including um, the spinoff Showcase Fabulous Adventure, Concert and Ice Shows, and most recently, uh, High School Musical the Musical the Series spinoff. Mm-hmm. And in addition, they keep trying to pick out aspects of this film to try and create another hit series like Lemonade Mouth, Descendants, Zombies, um, but they've never been able to get the same viewership and success in more than a decade it's been now it's been more than 15 years I, I wrote a decade when I wrote this but crazy mm-hmm. yeah um and then I have references that's incredible so I just wanted to share that with you all um thank you so much that's beautiful you're welcome if you have any thoughts so feel free to say it if not um I'm gonna throw a link in the chat and we're gonna take a quiz <laughs> Amazing. Let me see the chat. Um, So while we're loading our quizzes, I know that me and Hannah were in musicals in high school. Amber, I'm going to guess based on your background that you were somehow involved in the theater also in high school, or maybe you're just very passionate about that topic. Yeah, yeah. I was in the musicals mostly with Hannah. Um, yeah, and then that's kind of how we became Hannah and I, good friends. Actually, before Hannah ask. and I were in musicals together, um, I've done Run Crew. I did Pit Band for a while when I thought I was a band kid. Um, I've done lighting. I've interned with a the theater company. I got a little bit of costume work. So I got it all under my belt. I feel like the more I learn about theater, the less I care to be on the stage. But I do definitely like the applause. And the positive sure. reinforcement. Words of affirmations yeah. is my love language. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I think that's so interesting that you were in Pit Band and did, like, were on stage because um, one of our next guests, Sam Leroux, other friend of the pod, um, was in Pit Band and then the next year was the lead in our musical and let me tell you was there an uproar of course there was but he's a boy theater right there so that's that is boy theater privilege that is what being a male in theater gets you we had one of those our senior year at our school amber and mine um that he there was a boy that was in the band Mm -hmm. and then senior year auditioned for the fall play and then the spring musical and got a lead role because, mm-hmm. I mean, and we have a decent amount of boys, you know, it's not like we only had two, mm-hmm. but there was some uproar. Yeah. And yeah. The, ba- the band kids were mad at him. The theater kids were mad at him. Everyone was upset. I feel like, I feel like one of the things High School Musical does well is show kind of the 
um, I don't want to say psychotic, but like unhinged way that theater kids think and view the world. Like mm-hmm. everything that Sharpay was saying, I was like, okay, objectively, as a full grown adult, I know this is insane. But as a theater kid, that's definitely something that I would have thought in my head and believed yeah. to not like necessarily be- like I wouldn't have said it out loud, but I would have believed it. On it. And yeah. we know people that would have said it out loud. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Also, I call it poor character development or whatever you want. But the fact that at the end, she's like, oh, yeah, you guys got the part and I'm happy to be the understudy. Like, nope. either Sharpay Evans is a saint, which seems unlikely, or I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Wait, actually, okay, this is leading me into something else. We're going to scratch the quiz. Pretend I didn't even talk about it. Okay. A later guest can do it. Amber's conversation is bringing me to a question I had. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of discourse online, especially in recent years, about how Sharpay Evans is actually the victim of this franchise. Does anyone care to debate this topic? I've teetered back and forth. Because that is something that I've thought about quite a bit in, in recent years, having been through the, the theater cycle. Because um, on one hand, so... As with, as with everything in high school theater, um, it is clear that the decision made is sort of a political one in mm-hmm. that the drama director didn't look at the person who spent the most time and effort on their audition or the person who was more qualified for the role, but instead looked at who would get butts in seats, who would get that money needed for the drama department, who would get the support necessary to get the drama department what they want, who's going to fill that auditorium and get those ticket sales. It's very clear that that's a decision that's made not necessarily on merit, but more on practicality, Mm -hmm. which is something that happens in high school theater departments for sure, and is a little unfair to the person who does work the hardest. Um, And that's sort of what I went into the show believing. And as I was watching it, you know, you kind of figure out that, okay, it's clear that hypothetically, once the championship game is over and once the science competition is over, they should, Troy and Gabriella should have more time to commit fully to the musical. Like they should be able to put their all in once these two things are over. It's just a one-time event that clashes. Like this Mm -hmm. isn't going to happen again. They could definitely be good fits for the lead, especially if they have so much raw talent and they're willing to put in the work. But they won the championship isn't the next thing to go on to states like there are going to be more championships there's going to be more games yeah it sounds like it's like january like i don't know much about basketball but i don't think the season ends in january yeah and taylor specifically said that they've never made it past the first round before which means that now they've made it past the first round and they're going on to whatever the next round is yeah trey and gabriella aren't now free and available and it's awesome that the whole school is willing to bend over backwards to let them live out their dreams i think that's great and very (laughs) sweet but at the same time you now have two leads in the show that are not fully committed to the show that that the show is kind of like the third thing on their list you know, Troy didn't even want to sign up because he liked the show. He wanted to sign up because he wanted to hang out with Gabriella. And I didn't really expect to come on and be a Sharpay apologeticist. Uh, Sympathizer? <laughs> yes, yes. I, I didn't intend to take the pro Sharpay route, but I'm blonde and we always end up back here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's I'm some interesting. Yeah. 
there's something to be said um, for, uh, yeah, let's, Troy and Gabriella kind of uh, screw over a lot of people, but when it comes down to it, the main villains of this whole situation are always the adults. True. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, Sharpe Evans, you know, she's unhinged, but also she's 16. Right. And, you know, like, she's, you know, she's the one who came up with this idea that, oh, well, we need to, I need to get the role, so we need to make it so the other people can't be there. But Mm -hmm. the drama teacher, Miss Darvis, is the one that moved the time of the callback. Yep. To the exact same time as... I mean, two school events, but one that's a huge school event. I mean, the decathlon is happening, but like, clearly the basketball game, like, half of the student population is there. Yeah. Like, the principal is there. It's a big thing. So, yeah. And then Troy's dad is just, you know, it's, um, we talked about it a little bit in our jump in episode and how, you know, how it's just kind of the same plot about, you know, dads kind of forcing their sons to, <clears throat> Do the same thing. Yeah. Have you seen the dad from High School Musical is, like, on TikTok? And he is milking milking his presence in this movie for all it is worth. It's (laughs) kind of hilarious. Oh, I did want to ask, I'm going to ask all of our guests this. Is there a character in High School Musical that you related to the most, Amber? When you were watching Um, this? before watching this i definitely connected pretty closely with taylor um Mm -hmm. she's like the smart one kind of the best friend um and i did like uh what do they call it it was called it's academic in our school but it's like a trivia um sort of competition um and you know i was in battle of the books where we'd read books and answer trivia questions on it like i feel like that's definitely closer to where my role was um i watched seems a little mean <laughs> just in like the way that she talks about other people it's very like dehumanizing and she very much sees them above her uh or below her sorry um but but I mean I do I do still connect with her a little bit <laughs> love that yeah we had that too except we had yeah academic decathlon is what we had mm-hmm. at our high school but I don't know. That was the other thing. I think the whole plot line of this being you have to pick one extracurricular that you like dedicate all of your time to. I so when I started high school because I did not start high school in America, like that was definitely not an issue, but then when I moved back here, that is like was such a real thing. And I had played soccer for, you know, over a decade and decided when I moved back I was like hey I do not want to play soccer with these people like you people are crazy and then that's when I started doing theater was after that but like it was such a pain to do anything outside of that because yeah yeah no I totally agree and I I do wonder if that has something to do with the longevity of High School Musical is this idea that while while a lot of it's a little crazy and out there it is also surprisingly realistic like Mm -hmm. I I kind of figured it would be more fictionalized but in our in our school you either did a sport for after school or you did theater after school and then all other clubs had to happen either in the morning or during lunchtime and that was just your whole life, you know? It, it's crazy. I, yeah. I wish I had that sort of drive now. Yeah. 
before Amber and I, well, before I was in theater, when Amber was in like kind of the crew and band side Mm -hmm. at our high school, we had a different theater teacher, like it switched halfway through Mm -hmm. and they were both really good. But the one that was there for the first half of our high school experience there were actually a lot of football and basketball players that would be in the musicals. Um, And I think that there was some kind of like situation worked out with like the coaches where it was like the boys could come like an hour late to rehearsal or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was kind of interesting. Like we did like Les Mis and West Side Story and like there were like the quarterbacks were in it. Yeah. Like, you know, we had, you know, in like large groups of like football players like senior boys like football players that were in the shows which was kind of like cool it was kind of a cool thing a little bit later like when amber and i were upperclassmen it became a little bit more like the theater kid thing yeah Yeah, separated again but that was kind of like a cool part of like theater at our high school at least for a while that it was you know it wasn't just like the nerds (laughs) like us yeah nerds like us One more very unimportant thing about High School Musical. Um, the competition that they're fighting when they're doing the, um, the like, math competition. Uh, I can't remember what you called it. You knew the name. Decathlon. Decathlon. Academic Decathlon. Uh, yes. They are East High, and they're against West High, the West mm-hmm. High Knights. And then I'm pretty sure when we go back to the basketball game, they're also playing the West High Knights. They've they got, in like, fact a little are. horse yeah. on their jersey. So that raises the question, are there any other high schools that both competitions are simultaneously playing against the West High Knights? On, I don't know, but the opening number, the opening scene of the third movie is yet another basketball game between East High and West High. <sighs> that's kind of crazy. Rivals. Wait. And that's so funny because isn't the Avalon High mascot also the knights it is <gasps> and perhaps in descendants as well that the ordon prep knights are they the knights i don't know i don't know but we're gonna find out yeah. Robert, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us about high school musical you're welcome back anytime i think we might already have you tentatively penciled in Ooh. many more for something times, else but i couldn't tell you what it is right now so uh yeah. our people will get in touch with your people so basically hannah will text you um <laughs> um but yeah thanks so much it has been great yeah. i know our first ever guest of the pod back again i'm so excited i get to reuse your little person again yes (laughs) i know you made me look so much cuter i was like i have never worn any of those clothes but they're very cute and now i would like to go out and purchase them (laughs) (laughs) nice hey new year new wardrobe there you go so thank you so much to all of our guests this week it's really been an amazing extravaganza to uh ring in 2022 um we didn't mention it at the beginning but you know we took kind of a an extended winter break it needed to be done. There are some episodes that maybe we'll one day see the light of day, maybe not. In the meantime, to know when new episodes go up, because I know sometimes people say, when's the new episode? You'll, we'll always post about it on our Instagram, which is at slumberparty.pod. 
We post lots of other fun stuff on there. Um, and lots of people follow us that don't listen. So if you are listening, your homework this week and every week is to recommend the podcast to at least one friend or enemy or potential love interest. I don't know. Yeah. Someone you meet at a ski lodge. Maybe you'll fall in love. Um, next week, we will be talking about... I don't know what year it's from, but an amazing movie. We're going to be watching Minutemen. AKA the snowsuit guys, which I feel like is appropriate because it's January, there's snow. I had a snow day today. This has been the Slumber Party Pod, a deep dive into DCOMs. This episode was edited by Lizzie and collectively conceived of as a postgrad crisis by Lizzie and Hannah. This podcast has been distributed by Anchor and we hope you'll join us again next week.